Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis. You ever seen the movie Minority Report, dating back to, was it 2002? It was based on a short story by one of my favorite science fiction authors, Philip K. Dick. I've read a lot of his stuff. If you remember the film with Harrison Ford, it was based on a short story of the future called Do Electric Sheep Dream? And uh, he also had this short story transformed into a movie, which unfortunately, Blade Runner, sorry, it was Blade Runner, the film with Harrison Ford, which unfortunately starred Tom Cruise, one of my least favorite actors. You may like him, I can't stand anything he's ever done. Nevertheless, it was an interesting concept. So here's the storyline from uh, IMDb, just to give you some bit of background, because it's going to play an important role in today's podcast. In the year 2054 AD, crime is virtually eliminated from Washington, D.C. thanks to an elite law enforcement squad, Pre-Crime. They use three gifted humans called Precogs, with special powers to see into the future and predict crimes beforehand. This, of course, is science fiction. What's interesting in the plot, of course, is that people are arrested for thoughts they might have in the future. And there's something very similar happening right now in the People's Republic of China. I'm not sure if you've been following what's happening in China, more specifically in Xinjiang Autonomous Region up in the Northwest, which is populated or was populated historically largely by Uyghurs, who happen to be a Muslim people. Now, a couple of years ago, there was a spate of terrorist attacks in China carried out by Uyghur Islamist extremists. And in fact, there have been a large number of Uyghurs who've gone and joined ISIS back in 2013-2014. In response to this set of terrorist attacks, and they were indeed terrorist attacks when uh, dozens died, largely from knife attacks. China cracked down hard, and they decided in a typical China communist way to essentially eliminate the possibility of terrorism in a way that only authoritarian regimes can, which is essentially, essentially eliminating culture, eliminating language, and eliminating any possibility of a threat. So what's happened in China over the past ooh, five, five or six years or so is they've done a few things. They have created what they call re-education centers or vocational learning for about a million Uyghur Muslims. And there's a fascinating story in the uh, National Public Radio, and I'll include the link to it, about what these schools actually teach. Essentially, they force uh, the Chinese language onto the Uyghurs. They do not speak Chinese. They force Chinese culture onto them. They force Chinese ways of dress onto them. The other thing that the Chinese have done is encourage a huge amount of in-migration of largely the ethnic group Han, which which constitutes the majority. These are the sort of typically Chinese, if I can use that term. What's fascinating is that in this these vocation centers, people are being brought, essentially they're being arrested in a minority type world, in the sense that they are being arrested for thoughts they didn't know they had. So Chinese authorities are bringing these people in and saying that you are, are an extremist because of the way you think. And these poor people have no idea what Chinese authorities are are talking about. They hadn't gone down that pathway. And in fact, you could argue that given the way that China's treated them, they may at some point turn to extremism in order to sort of exact revenge against Chinese authorities. The other thing, of course, that China's doing, and this is from a fascinating summary from the Jamestown uh, Foundation, which if you haven't heard of, is a really good uh, terrorism and counterterrorism uh, forum, and I'll include links to it as well, is that since well, 2017 or so, China has been essentially 
administering, and I quote this, unknown drugs and injections to women in detention, forcibly implanting intrauterine contraceptive devices or IUDs prior to internment, coercing women to accept surgical sterilization, and using internment as a punishment for birth control violations, i.e. getting pregnant. And what's happened is that there's been a dramatic effect on the population of the Uyghurs in this part of China. Essentially, you have near zero population growth. And as I said, when you combine that with the in-migration from the Han, the Uyghurs, who constituted an absolute majority in that part of the country, will very rapidly become a minority. And this is China's counterterrorism policy. This is the way that they're going to ensure that the Uyghur Muslims, the very small percentage of them that were Islamist extremists, there was a, a group called the ETIM, the East Turkestan Islamic Movement, which was in fact a terrorist organization. I'm not sure it's listed here in Canada, but it certainly is nothing but a terrorist organization. And China has cracked down hard. But in their crackdown, they have it elected to eliminate an entire people. So it's not genocide in the sense that they're not slaughtering these people, but it is cultural and I would argue intellectual genocide against the Uyghurs. Very similar to what they're doing in Tibet. The situation in Tibet is very, very akin to what's happening in Xinjiang. Why do I raise this kind of thing? Well, what is fascinating to me is that China's policy, which is clearly unacceptable, has been called out by Canada, it's been called out by the United States, and most of the Western world. But one party, or collective party, if I can use that term, which has said nothing about China's policy in Xinjiang province and its policy against Muslims are Arab and Muslim states. You can hear crickets when it comes to Saudi Arabia or any other country discussing or being critical of China when it comes to what it's doing to fellow Muslim sisters and brothers in the northwestern part of the country. This is scandalous. This is absolutely unacceptable. Now, why are they doing this? Because China, through its Belt and Road Initiative, which I've talked about earlier, is essentially granting very, very good financing terms for all kinds of infrastructure projects across Asia and across Africa. Although there's a little clause in those in those contracts that if the, if the country which receives them can't pay them back, and most of them can't, the infrastructure devolves to China, which gives them an incredible leg up on establishing their own bases, military and civilian around the world, to promote what China is trying to do, which is essentially become predominant become the predominant power to, to use the United States in that regard. So we have this intellectual genocide of all kinds of Muslims in the northwestern part of China, and the vast majority of the world's one billion Muslims don't give a rat's ass. They don't complain. They don't withdraw their diplomatic presence from Beijing. They don't cancel state visits. They don't issue trade sanctions or some kind of economic duress or pressure on China to change its way. How is this acceptable? And yet those same Arab states will, you know, hammer Israel every time it does something. Now, I am not a big fan of Israel, certainly not the Netanyahu government, but it seems to me rather contradictory and hypocritical where Arab states will routinely come down on Israel for its policies in the West Bank and Gaza Strip and all kinds of other things, and yet turn a blind eye to what China is doing in Xinjiang province. Where does this go? I don't know. I've written extensively about this in my second book, The Lesser Jihads. I've talked about what's happening in Myanmar with the Buddhist army slaughtering Muslims in Rakhine State. That, that too, is going largely unnoticed by the world's population, largely unnoticed by by Arab states. I'm not sure why. What is it going to take for leading Muslims, kings, emirs, presidents, prime ministers, whatever, to stand up to China 
and tell them enough is enough. You cannot keep treating Muslims like this. This is not a counterterrorism program. This is a genocidal program. You are wiping the Uyghurs off the face of the earth, all in the furtherance of what you call is counterterrorism. And you are punishing people for things they did not do, for things they might do down the road. And that's the world of science fiction. That's the world of Philip K. Dick. That's the world of Minority Report. That's not the world that we live in right now. And it has to stop. It's as simple as that. That's it for this quick hits on the situation in Northwest China. If you have traveled there or studied it or looked at it in any detail, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on email at borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealissaves. You can also find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. If you like this content and want to receive more of it, please go to my webpage, www.borealisrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. We get a free email every day with short podcasts like this, longer intelligent look at, at terrorism podcasts, blogs, etc., etc. I'd love to hear from you. Give me your feedback as well as ideas for future material. We'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.